Welcome to Northern Goal, the football podcast from the Evening Express and Preston Journal. I'm Ryan Crail, and on this special episode, I'm joined by Andy Skinner, but we're not alone. Joining us tonight is Brewer Rangers manager Steve Mackay, a famous face in the Highland League. Needs no introduction to people who follow that particular football division, um, and I'm sure there's plenty of people outside of the Highland League. Are also aware of Stephen's work. Stephen, how are you? Good, thanks. Yeah, shelves. Aye, all good, thanks. Okay, Andy. Yeah, aye. Just uh, I'm looking forward to to seeing uh, Broda back in action, as I'm, I'm sure you are yourself. Yeah, can't wait. It's been uh, it's been a long few months. Uh, looking forward to the game on Tuesday for sure. Stephen, in terms of getting back to playing, when the Scottish Cup fixtures were announced, the rearranged Scottish Cup fixtures, it was a pretty um, pretty quick turnaround. I understand it. Um, is it has it been difficult getting getting the boys in, in shape first of all and things like testing has that been pretty um, challenging to arrange? Yeah, I mean, in, in terms of the testing, it, it's it's been fine. Um, we've 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 tested three times now uh, since we've been back in Inverness. Cali Thistle have hosted it on a couple of occasions and been really, been really supportive. So um, that whole process has, has gone really well and been quite seamless. Um, you know, in terms of the. the preparation for the game I think that's been the challenging part you know we've effectively had just over two weeks to to get ready for a you know a massive game for, for our club and, and for our team and, and a huge challenge um so to only have kind of two weeks which is effectively um four five training sessions for us and, and, and one game since since um our last game in January so from, from a preparation perspective it's been tough but you know we, we played Bucky yesterday in a friendly um which was good Obviously, they've got their Scottish Cup tie as well, so it was good for the boys to kind of get back to playing um, in a match because we've only been training amongst ourselves. Um, and you know, to be fair to them, they look relatively sharp considering. So, yeah, I think we've done as much as we can do uh, for the game on Tuesday, and I would just look forward to that and see how we can do. It's a strange situation, Stephen. After so long away from from playing, um, you know, and that you're going straight into playing against a, a full time side. I mean, I suppose you you did a similar thing when you went into the Betfred Cup, but uh, you know, when you're you know so short of match sharpness, um, you know, how how important was it to get that that Bucky game in yesterday, as you say? Yeah, it was massive for us because you you know you can train amongst yourselves and and you can try and simulate a football match, but it's very very difficult to do that. So. We've had five training sessions since we came back into it. Um, we've not we've not done you know, we've not focused at all on fitness because we were just conscious of the short period of time we had and we didn't want guys to pick up any strains or anything. So we, we've done a combination of fitness work and football work. So to, to get the game yesterday was great. Um, to you know go into a, a match situation, albeit the tempo wasn't quite where where uh, you'd want it to be but it was just like a kind of pre-season game but uh, no we took a lot of value out of it and it's good for the boys just to get back to playing that game and getting a feel for the ball um and that said you know fitness wise i was quite pleased with with how they performed um i think over this kind of um break most of the boys have, have kind of looked after themselves um so you know fitness levels are, are in a relatively good good place um but you know, we're obviously got a massive task ahead of us playing a team that's that's been playing week in week out um, in the championship. And even if it was a regular season and a, and a regular situation, it would be a, a tough game for us. But um, you know, given the circumstances, I think it makes the challenge even tougher for us. But but one we're ultimately still looking forward to. Has it been a good thing for you that Hearts are relatively uh, well exposed in terms of 
televised games. They seem to be on TV pretty much every Friday night at the moment. Plenty of opportunity to see them. And you've also got recent experience against the likes of Hibs and Dundee Cove league teams. Is that, um, is that, that, that that's a boost going in, surely, to such a tough game? Yeah, I think we'll take a lot of um, you know value and credit, kind of experience out of the, the Betfred Cup competition. You know, like like Andy said, we we had a similar situation with with the Hibs game, um, albeit we, we were able to play um, three preseason games leading in, into that game, but um, the boys went down there and, and performed really well. So um, I I still you know expect us to to put on a good show and, and hopefully make uh, Tuesday evening really kind of awkward for Hearts. Uh, I think fitness will, will, will play a massive factor in it, but, um, you know, it's, it's you know, we just need to make it awkward, as awkward as we can on, on our pitch. I think our pitch will actually be in, in good condition considering it's not had a game on it since, since December. But, uh, yeah, we just need to, you know, try and bed ourselves into the game, um, make it as, as difficult as we can and, and stay in the game for as long as we can. Um, you know, Funny things happen in, in, in football, and you just you just never know. Um, so we'll, we'll be doing our utmost to um, try and make it an awkward evening for them. You're obviously going into the game looking to to pull off a you, you know a, an upset, and you know it would be a, a stunning achievement if you were able to do so. But um, you know, is it quite a strange feeling going into this game knowing that the, the Scottish Cup is all that's in front of you just now, um, and you know there is no clarity over you know, what the league season is going to look like and, you know, if, if, if at all it's even going to, to go ahead. Yeah, I mean, we, we spoke to the players when we came back to training and, and it was like a kind of boot camp for, for one game. So it's a bit of a, of a strange situation for us. But we've just got to focus on that game and, and just give it everything we've got, you know, whether the league resumes or, or whether it's uh, it's cancelled, you know, that's out with our control and we can't influence that. So we've just got to focus our minds on, on, on this game. Um, and it is a massive game. It's just... It's just really unfortunate the situation we find ourselves in because it would be a great occasion for the club, you know, the supporters to be there. It, you know, it could have been a, a wonderful uh, kind of occasion, um, but we'll, we'll make the best of it we can. Um, it'll be obviously streamed um, through our kind of streaming service. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to it. Um, we'll focus on that game, try and give a good account of ourselves and then see what falls in terms of the league. In terms of the... Obviously, you've been allowed to return to Scottish Cup action because of the testing. Um, I've previously spoken to Fraserburgh manager Mark Howe, I'm sure you know well. He he talked about how it was his view that the Highland teams could play Scottish Cup fixtures and even league fixtures with, it, with the previous safety measures that are in place, temperature, testing, things like that. Are you of the same opinion? Or do you think that the testing is a requirement? Um, it's, a, it's a tough one with the testing because... You know, I understand why they do it in, in the full-time professional league because the, the players are, you know, effectively operating in a, in a bubble. But I think it's difficult with with part-time players when when they're they're going to their jobs and they're mingling with other people. And um, you know, how effective is is the testing? Um, I, I'm not so sure. If, if the control measures are in place, then you know, there's an argument to say that that, that should be sufficient. Um, you know, we would love to be back on on league duty and back playing in the, in the Highland League. Um, I think, you know, now we're coming to the end of March, it's just going to be so difficult to try and squeeze it all in. Um, you know, we've, we've only played three league games. There's some teams in our league that, that haven't even kicked the ball yet. So, um, yeah, it will be really tough to get the, the full league campaign um, completed in such a short space of time. But um, we would, we'd we'd be desperate to return to league action. Would you be happy enough, say, say if you, it becomes clear that there's no chance the league 
been played all the way through and all the games being completed, the fixtures that were set out at the start of the season, if you were able to come back and say play a few games, knowing they would kind of they wouldn't they, you wouldn't get to the end of the, the league campaign, but you could play a few games and that could stand you in good stead for next season or even for the playoffs, depending on what happens with that. Would, would you be happy enough to do that? Is football better than no football, I suppose? It's a good question. Um it's a tough one. You know, for me personally, I'm you know quite competitive as are our players. Um I think it's difficult to, to to go back and resume a league where, where there's no real outcome. Um, if, you, if you're going back just for the sake of playing it, I don't think that would satisfy us enough. If you know we're, we're returning, then we want to be returning to try and retain our league title, um, not just to play football. If if there's a you know a caveat there at the end where there's a, an opportunity to get into the playoffs, then, then absolutely. Um, but I think to return back just for the sake of you know playing a few games. Um, probably wouldn't satisfy me personally and probably wouldn't satisfy my players neither. Another hypothetical then. Um, I've seen Bucky Thistleboss, Graeme Stewart, talking about potential to... If, if if a scenario unfolds where football can resume um, a couple of months down the line, playing the season to completion all through the summer and then the next Highland League season basically starting straight away after that, he said that players don't like pre-season anyway, so they'll, be, they'll still be fit from the end of this season. To go right in the next one, is that something you'd be behind or no? Um, to be honest with you, pro- probably not. I mean, I think you know our, our aim is, is always been to try and retain our league title um, and then try and qualify for the playoffs and try and get into the Scottish League. I think if you're introducing summer football, I think that's not going to you know tie in with with the Scottish League calendar. I think it makes it difficult uh, from your case to try and get into the Scottish League. So um, I think if there's not enough time to 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 start and finish the league, I, th- I think that the, the sensible decision is to just, you know, cancel it um, and then just focus on a pre-season and then you know the, the following season just starting again, kind of end, end of July and just going from there. I think if you're if you're <clears throat> trying to squeeze in a league campaign um, and then going straight into another one, I, just, I, I personally don't think that would work very well. I suppose having been denied the opportunity to go for promotion. Last season, you know, just any any sort of tilt that you might get at, you know, playoffs or uh, or or just any opportunity of, of promotion through. I mean, league reconstruction has been mentioned as well as a potential outcome. Um, you know, is that something that you would kind of just welcome to to almost sort of address the the injustice of of last summer in a way, Stephen? Yeah, I think we would always welcome any conversations that involve strengthening our case for getting into the Scottish League. Um, Ideally, we'd want to you know, really earn our right to go into the Scottish League, and, and by doing that, you need to win the, win the playoffs, uh, qualify through through that process. Um, reconstruction would be the kind of second option. But again, that's something that we would welcome because we want to get in the Scottish League. We want to compete in, in the Scottish League. And I think we've got a team that's capable of, of doing really well at that level. So we're, we're desperate to compete at that level. So if there is talk of reconstruction again, although we've, we've been down this um, route before. Um, so I'm sure there'll be conversations that will go on for the coming weeks and, and months. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not going to get kind of too excited or carried away with these discussions. Let's talk about Barora specifically then. So it's coming up to three years for you in charge now. Um, still enjoying it? Love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's something... You know, I'll be honest. When I when I was playing at Brora, I I actually never kind of saw myself going into management. I didn't think it was anything that, that really interest 
interested me. Um, I wasn't too sure that um, I wanted all the hassle, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but you know, as I've as I've got older and, and I kind of progressed and my career's came to an end, um, obviously I've stepped into management, and yeah, I can only say that I, I love it. Um, it's um, it's a release from kind of work, and I love football. I'm, I'm incredibly passionate about football. I can I can no longer play it, so the next best option for me is is to manage, and I'm actually getting a lot of enjoyment out of kind of constructing our our, our squad and, and seeing a lot of younger players develop and become better players um, and, and I'm taking loads of, of value out of that so yeah three years down the line still still enjoying it so um, it's all good You've got a very strong nucleus um, you know in the squad there Stephen and um, you know a lot of them you obviously played with during during your time as a, a player as well um, is that something that's that's helped you to to sort of seamlessly make that transition into management or, you know, to begin with, was there still that, that you know, strange feeling of, of now being in charge of the the group, having having previously played alongside them? Yeah, I think when you make that transition from, you know, sitting in the changing room with, with the rest of the players, um, you know, listening to a manager, doing team talks, etc., to then being that, that, that person, I think that transition is always going to be a strange one. I, I, I did find it very strange for the, for the first few weeks and, and, and months even but again it's like anything you, you do it often enough you just become more and more comfortable with it um I also think that I've been really fortunate in the squad that, that I inherited like you said the nucleus was very very strong and over the last few seasons we've obviously added to it and supplemented it with with um, a few different signs and, and some different players um we've kind of changed the dynamic of the squad a little bit where historically Broader Rangers would be a a kind of very, very experienced team, maybe take some players that had, had experience in playing in the Scottish League. Um, you know, your Ross Topley, your Grant Renault, Richie Britton, your Quet Kettles, etc. And that worked very, very well for the club. We've gone down a slightly different route where, you know, we've still got some experienced players, boys that have played in the Highland League for many years, but we're kind of supplementing that with, you know, younger up-and-coming players um, that have been in the Highland League and have performed really well. And that, and that kind of model's worked really well for us. So, yeah, I, I'm really fortunate in terms of the squad that, 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 I, that I inherited. I'm fortunate in terms of the, the backing that the club has given me in, in order to make the signings, you know, the Jordan McCrae's, the Andy McCrae's, players of, of, of that ilk. So, um, yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm in a kind of a privileged position in terms of um, the club support and, and the players that I've got um, at my disposal. So your first season in charge, um, you finished second behind the Rampant Cove side they were obviously an incredibly strong um a, a side with plenty of investment and determined to go up having missed out narrowly i think a couple of times before that last season with cove having left the league you've won the title in strange circumstances but you were i'm sure you'd um i'm sure you'd admit you were the firm favorites to take the title regardless how many games were played um this season kind of hard to tell so far because there weren't a lot of games played but it was a good start again do you think you're at your strongest this season do you think you would have done even better than last season I suppose do you think things have progressed over your three years yeah I think you know we, we, we started the season really really well um, I think we scored 20 goals in our, in our first three games and and conceded one um, you know but it was still really early days I think you know Fraser Bra. um Rothis for Martin and even Bucky would have would have um, had a say in, in the kind of league this season and where it where it would have potentially have gone. 
Um, I have absolute confidence in our squad and our kind of attitude and, and, and work ethic, and, and and I think that you know we would have um, would certainly been been there or thereabouts and, and got off to a great start. But um, you know, it's after three games, it, it's difficult to tell. We were just really happy with how how things how things started, um, and I think. To kind of answer your question on the squad, I think we are stronger. I think, you know, last season we we um, performed exceptionally well. I think going to Fraserburgh and, and winning that game was crucial in, in kind of confirming that, that, that the league was almost there. And up to that point, I think it was touch and go. If Fraserburgh had won that game, it would have been very, very tight. Um, but, they, you know, the squad's a little bit older, a little bit more experienced. And the fact that they've got that league title under their belt will give them more confidence. So, yeah, I think... Going into this season, I think we were in, in, a, in a better place um, to go and try and retain our title. But obviously, you know, getting that first title um, under your, your belt as a manager last year would have been a, a huge moment for both yourself and the squad. But um, I suppose regardless of how the season was, was looking this year, I know it was obviously, sh- you know, shortened to one round of fixtures. But is the, the, you, the challenge always a bit more difficult to then go and, you know, retain the, the title that you'd, you've won the previous year? Um, I suppose it's something that you you did as a, a player with Broda, but um, you know, is is that challenge of trying to sustain the success always a a really difficult one after you've you've got that that first one under your belt? I think it is. I think you know you, you win the league title, then then you're there to be shot at, and clubs will will want to to do their their best to to to, to see you fail or or to try and prevent you from winning the title again. And, and I've been no different. If, if, if you know, I've played in, in teams where we haven't won the league, and you're playing against the, the champions, and they're looking to retain their title, and, and it does give you a bit more of an edge, and, and you are desperate to beat them. So, it, it, you know, we we played three games um, this season, so it was difficult to to kind of gauge how stiff the challenge would have, would have been. But you know, Bucky kind of weren't weren't um, challenging the, the season prior, but they looked strong this season. You know, obviously, they beat us in the league cup in Broda as well when when football returned. So I think they would have they would have been a strong side and certainly in contention. And then and Fraserburgh for Martin and Rothfuss as well. So yeah, I don't think we would have got our own way. Far from it. Um, but like I said, I, I do have a lot of confidence in, in our squad, and irrespective of the challenge that was in front of us, I would have um, had confidence that we'd been able to see it through. You spoke earlier on. I'm sure we'll speak about it a bit more. The um, the club's ambition to progress in the Scottish League. Um, just going back to that season where Cove went up, it was obviously it was really tight between the two years in the sense that I think it was was it two draws, draw home and away. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, between the sides and you were with them pretty much all the way. Is it? Was it? Well, how how were the feelings after that season? Because surely at that point the club also had ambitions of going up, or did Cove serve as inspiration when they got through the playoffs? What 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 are your recollections of that? I just, I mean, that was our, our kind of first season in charge and, and the season prior to that, we, we had a really disappointing season. I think we finished seventh, or sixth or seventh in the league. But, you know, certainly not where Brora um, wanted or, or should have been. So our aim was to try and, and improve on that, obviously, and, and improving it quite dramatically. Um, ideally, we wanted to try and challenge Cove. But, but like you said, Cove were really established at that point, very settled squad. The, the team almost picked itself. I had you know, Mitch Megginson, who was absolutely on fire as well. So, you know, we our aim was to try and compete with them. And like you said, we drew with them twice. And, and, and if I'm being honest, in both games, they were um, significantly better than us and stronger than us. And I think if it wasn't for 
two quite inspired performances from Joe Mallon, then then we probably wouldn't have drawn um, both of those games. Um, so, you know, you look at the league and, and you look how that, that campaign kind of panned out. It did look like it was nip and tacking quite close, but in reality, Cove were a much stronger side than, than, than Broda at that point. Um, and we did our you know, absolute utmost to try and compete with them. I just felt at that point we were probably two or three players short. Um, they had a Mitch Meganson. Um, you know, we were scoring goals, but not at the rate we needed to. Um, and we certainly didn't have a, a goal scorer like him in, in the squad. So, yeah, we, we compete with them to a point. But I think in reality, they were always going to win the league that season um, and quite rightly did so and, and have gone up. And, you know, they've really flourished in, in, the, in the Scottish League, like I think a lot of people who know Cove kind of expected because their squad was that strong. You touched on the the dynamic of your squad that you've currently got in place. Um, you know, maybe the switch from more of an experienced group um, to you know the addition of some some younger players. But you know, when you've got that ambition to progress into the league, is is it quite important to to have you know a, a few players like that 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 do have that hunger to to really go and grasp an opportunity at a, a higher level? Who you know, probably feel their best years are still ahead of them. One or two have maybe had setbacks at that level in the past as well. Um, you know, is that you know some of the thinking behind that 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 shifting dynamic? Yeah, definitely, Andy. I mean, I think if, if you you want your club to perform in the Scottish League, then you need that dynamic. You need that you know, you need players that have that hunger, and that desire to play at that level because you know there's, there's the desire to play that level first and foremost but then you've got a massive travelling commitment as well um, and a lot of players um, are, are, are happy to, to play in, in the Highland League to get away from the travelling and you'll actually find some players that are more than capable of playing in the Scottish League ability wise but just don't want to which, which is you know absolutely fine they would just rather play in the Highland League um, and not have to, to do the travelling because it, it is, I mean it's, it's a long it's a long um, Day on a, on a Saturday when you're when you're travelling away from home, um, so yeah, it is important. And we've had the kind of conversation with our current squad, and even when we were signing boys last season, we were kind of having that conversation with them to understand, um, and, and or let them understand the expectations of the club, and to make sure that they were completely on board with that, um, because you know there's no point in signing players that, that only want to to play in the Highland League and, and don't want to progress, because that's the club's ultimate ambition. That's you know, my ambition as a manager, same with, with my coaching staff. So we need to ensure that we recruit players of a similar mindset. And, and to date, we've, we've done that. So you know, every player in our squad, um, if we were to go up um, via the playoffs or via reconstruction, then we've got our full squad kind of behind that, um, that, that, that ultimate goal. The youth is probably pretty important as well, isn't it? If you want to, once you're in the Scottish League, if you make it, then be able to establish yourself and move on again because the worst thing to do would be to get up with a team where everyone's basically aging out and then have to replace that and obviously the negatives can come from that at that point but look what Cove have done they've got a squad that's able to then play for a good few years and sort of as the, as the club tries to move up the divisions in the Scottish League Yeah I mean and that, that was the, that was always the thinking behind our our recruitment and, and how we were, you know, putting that squad together. So we've got a, a squad of seventeen players, um, which is not which is not massive, but we deliberately keep our squad quite small because it just creates that competition for places. Um, and you know, every player within our within that seventeen would always feel like like they are 
um, they're in with a shot of, of, of starting any any given game. So, um, yeah, the fact that we've recruited boys at a certain age, um, like Andy touched on there, some boys that have perhaps been full-time and, and had a taster of it, but for whatever reason, they've, they've been released or it's not quite worked out for them. So they might have a point to prove and, and, and you know, they might have a, a kind of burning ambition to go and play in the Scottish League. Um, so we want to kind of provide that, that platform for them. But we've got eight, eight out of the 17 players are, are 22 and under. Um, so we have got you know, a relatively young squad. Um, our view is that most, if not all of those players, you know, stay at Broda and, and, and help get us into the Scottish League. But then you know, if we do get there, they've still got a good five, six um, years ahead of them. Um, but also in the background, we need to be conscious of the fact that, that players are, are getting older and then you know, backfill them with a similar model of trying to you know, pick up players from perhaps that have been released from Ross County or, or, or Inverness Cali um, and try and bring them into the club. In terms of two of your most recent additions, obviously Gregor McDonald and Miller Gangball came in um, you know, at the start of the season and, um, you know, just through through no fault of, of anybody's, just, you know, they haven't had the chance to, to maybe fully, div- um, you know, bed into the, the side um, just through the, the lack of games. Um, but, you know, they must be two that you feel have got a, a real big part to play, you know, when you do get back to, to, you know, a sustained period of action again. Yeah, definitely. I mean, these types of players, they... They've already been, you know, coached for a number of years, and they come with all the kind of technical attributes that you're looking for. Um, you know, we then try and install our kind of philosophy into them as they join the club. But yeah, Miller and Gregor have both come in and done really well. Um, Gregor's probably a little bit unfortunate in the fact that he plays in positions where we're probably the strongest. Um, you know, with Dale Gillespie and Martin McLean in centre mid, so. He'll probably have to be be patient and just continue to work hard. And when he does get his opportunities, take them. But there's absolutely no doubt in the boy's technical ability. Um, he's so comfortable on the ball. You know, young Miller's only 18, um, and, and he's featured um, a few more times than, than Gregor just due to to injuries. But he's come in and played centre half, and, and not without a place at all. Just you know, fitted in seamlessly and and has performed exceptionally well. Um, he's also got a phenomenal um, work ethic uh, and he's very, very disciplined and plays with a maturity as well for, for someone um, that's only 18. So, yeah, we've got real kind of high hopes for, for him to to be a, a future um, big player for, for Blower Rangers, um, if not go beyond that because he's certainly got the ability. So you've mentioned the future there. What about the past then? Your own playing career. So you recently opted to call time in your playing career. Um, at the age of 39, I know from reading interviews, I think Andy done with you, that you find it difficult to be out with the team for a while through your own, obviously, you're the manager, you pick the team, but then to come back and give that level of performance that you're, you've been given throughout your career, I know you find that hard. Um, you scored on your final appearance, I believe, 210th, wrote a goal. Um, how, how, were you going to play until you got that, that final goal, that um, way to go out in a high? Probably. <laughs> I think I should have continued to play until I got it, but it was just really fortunate. Um, the thing was, I didn't, I didn't catch it well on my right foot. Whoever was in goals maybe uh, felt sorry for me or wanted to see the back of me, I'm not too sure. Um, but yeah, I didn't catch it well on my right foot, but I was delighted to see it go. Well, I was delighted to see it go in, but then not so delighted because I knew that I'd kind of made a deal with myself that as soon as I did get that final goal that I would um, 
I would stop playing. So, yeah, it was a tough decision. Um, I didn't actually appreciate how tough I'd find it. Um, even now, I still I still really miss playing. Um, but, yeah, I think it's in hindsight, it was the right right thing to do. I just, you know, like you said, I wasn't competing at the at the levels that I had kind of been, been accustomed to. And the fact that I wasn't playing regularly, I found it difficult to, when I was you know, involved in the team, I just wasn't performing. Um, to the level that I, that I wanted to. So, yeah, um, tough decision, but I think it was the right one for sure. I know I said we'd, we'd talk about your career, but just, just on what you said there, do you think there'll be a lot of sort of veteran players that are in, in the, about the Highland League that might struggle to come back after such a such a sporadic year um, because of the coronavirus? Do you think they'll... Because obviously the best thing for them is to be playing regularly training regularly keeping that fitness up and it, it's more difficult when you're older to get that fitness back do you think do you think that'll be something that comes into play in the next few months possibly yeah i mean irrespective of how much you, you do by yourself or what type of training you're doing nothing replaces you know playing in a match and, and getting that, that that much fitness and that sharp sharpness so you know, I'm I'm not, I'm, not, I'm trying to think how many veterans there are still playing in the Highland League, but uh, I'm not sure how many kind of 38, 39 year olds there are. But um, yeah, I would certainly find it tough. So I'm, I'm sure when when football does resume, they they, they will find it tough. Um, but uh, I'm not I'm not trying to think who who would even fall up that category. Um, maybe Nacho at Inverurie Locals. He's he's definitely in the veteran category. That's for sure. Obviously, having you know ended on a high as you did against Wick. Um... You know the the fact that there haven't been any games since then has that given you the chance to to reflect a wee bit, you know, on the you know, the pride that you've taken from your your playing career? Um, not not really, Andy. To be honest with you, I'm I'm sure I'll I'll do it at some point. I've I've not really done it yet. Um, I've just been you know it's almost a case of you know close that chapter and and, and kind of focus on on the team. Um, albeit there, there's not been much to focus on recently. Um, but. I've definitely missed having the, the the kind of discipline of of training you know, twice a week with the team, doing your own thing in between, and then having the game on the Saturday. Um, so I've, I've definitely missed having that in, in my life. So I've, I've kind of taken to to, to running now and, and and set myself kind of individual challenges at, at a weekend, whether it's running a long distance or running up a mountain, whatever that is, um, just so that I'm I've got something to focus on. For, for the weekend, it's no longer running out on a football pitch, it's uh, running up the fires or something like that. And uh, a wee bit of a reward at the end of it with some sea swimming as well, I've noticed from following you on social media. Uh, how's uh, how's that one uh, come about and are you enjoying that? I'm really enjoying it actually, it's never, it's never something I thought I'd get involved in, but uh, I did it in 1st of January just to, to test it out and see how it was, but I actually find it very therapeutic um, and it's good for kind of recovery as well. You know, 39. I'm I'm certainly um, not a young man anymore. So the the, the legs and, and the joints take a bit of pounding from all the running. So I find the benefits from from going into the the sea um, massive. But I also think mentally, I find it a benefit as well. Um, you know, you can get an escape from whether it's football, whether it's work, whatever type of stress is in in your life, and you can just go and um, dip yourself in some cold water for a couple of minutes and it's a, it's a remarkable kind of feeling and the, the kind of effect that it, an impact that it has on you just to go back to the did you give it a shot I, no i have actually given it a try i uh, <laughs> had a wee holiday up the the west coast uh just back when it was allowed and uh, give it a, a, a go a couple of days 
it was uh, I, I agree with it. it was very therapeutic but I was still desperate for the shout at the end of it all <laughs> um, yeah sure <laughs> just to go back to the very start Stephen um you know you obviously began your your playing career with Ross County which you know being an Invergordon lad you know your your local team um you know how how good an experience was it to to come through the youth ranks there and you know ultimately make the grade and uh you know play a, a good number of years at that uh, that senior level yeah it was you know, a really kind of proud moment for me like you say Invergordon lad supported Ross County as a, as a kid you know used to go and watch them in the in the Highland League and even when they got into the Scottish League I, w- I would go and stand in the field and watch them so um yeah it was it was great to be part of the kind of first batch of, of YTSers or skill seekers as they were known back then there was only six of us at, at, at that point um but um yeah I was just I'm you know really kind of privileged to to be part of of, of that team at that point um Neil Cooper was there and he was an incredible individual and, and someone who had a Kind of massive impact on me, um, and just being in that environment was was massive for me in terms of you know my own development and growth and a kind of young, shy, introverted kid from Invergordon being thrown in a, a changing room with um, all these all these boys from from Glasgow and, and all over Scotland and um, and you know really kind of interesting mix of people and um, you know, for my own personal development is a, is a you know. As a human being and, and, and as my character, that was massive for me. But then to train with these players um, day in, day out just was huge for me because I could just see myself getting better almost on a weekly basis, you know, my touch, my sharpness. Um, so, yeah, I, it was a thoroughly enjoyable kind of seven years of my life. And it was just um, sad when it kind of all, all ended um, in 2000, I think 2004 it was. That, was. that was the next question then. What, what do you remember about your... About your departure from Ross County, the sort of the build up to it, and when it actually happened. I think the season before I left, I, I think I played almost every game under Alex Smith, and I, and I was playing left back, and um, you know, really, really enjoying it, really enjoying getting a run in the team. It was, it was the, the most games I played consistently, and then I got a little kind of niggling injury, nothing major, just kept me out for a few weeks, and, and Mark McCulloch filled in at left back, and. Um, for those of you who remember him, he was just Mr. Consistent, you know, seven out of ten every, every week. Um, and he was so reliable and, and he played in, in that role. And I just really struggled to, to get back in. Um, you know, he was just performing so consistently. And I think the times that I did get my opportunity, I, I didn't do myself justice. Um, so my contract was due to expire that, that season. Um, you know, and, and I spoke to Alex Smith and I was getting really frustrated as well because I played pretty much all of the, the prior season. The following season, I hardly kicked a ball, and I almost felt like it was probably the right time for me to then maybe move on and, and, and go, go and face a new challenge. Um, you know, looking back, I probably should have been a bit stronger and maybe fought for my place a bit a bit harder. Um, but um, yeah, that 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 wasn't how it kind of turned out, and, and unfortunately, I left. You know, I left under good terms. There was no. no animosity there there was no ill feeling um, just looking back I just I'm a little bit disappointed in myself that I didn't kind of fight for my place a little bit harder obviously you know when you'd been at county um, you know you would have been full time um, and, and then when you came to leave you know you, you went on to join Forrest but uh, you know was there ever the you know the possibility in your your head of potentially relocating to, to stay in the full-time game because as we all know the options up here are 
limited in that front but um you, you know was that a big decision that you had to make to to sort of switch to to part-time football at that particular point yeah i mean i, le- I left county and I, and I did i tried to see what other full-time options were available um but i think you know due to the fact that i hardly played that season there wasn't um many teams kind of on the phone desperate to, to sign me and and you, you, you leave a full-time club, you haven't played much that season, your confidence is pretty low um, and it's very, very difficult to pick yourself up and, and have that belief that you can go and get another full-time club. So I probably chose the easy option in, in reality that, that you know, to stay local and, and, and play in the higher league. But what kind of swung it for me was the fact that, that Steve Patterson was the manager for us at the time um, and he talked about the kind of situation that happened with, with Richie Hart at, at, at Brora when he'd left County and, and went to Brora and then and then Pele had signed him for Cali um, and he just said look come and play for a season get your confidence back play regularly um, I you know he said he'll do what he can to try and you know get get out there or, or, or get any scouts interested and to come to the games etc and, and you know I played every week and really enjoyed it. actually and kind of got my love back for football um a couple of trials came off of the back of it and I went to Notts County for a couple of weeks uh, I went to, to Livingston as well and, and and when John Robertson was there but um the fact that I've been playing a year part-time and kind of my attitude probably wasn't where it needed to be in terms of staying fit so I'd become a part-time player and, and part-time fitness levels so when you're going on trial to these full-time clubs, you were, you were a bit off it and you probably weren't doing yourself justice. So, um, yeah, the aim was to play a, a year in the Highland League to try and get back to full-time football. But um, after a couple of trials, a couple of knockbacks, um, I just decided that the kind of dream was over for me from a full-time aspect and to focus on on you know getting a, a professional career um, and just playing football part-time. And you did, you know, a good spell in the lower leagues after leaving Forest. Um, you know, you were with Elgin and Peterhead. For uh, you played under Pelly at Peterhead as well, I think, didn't you? Um, it was um, you know, what's your recollections of of that period of your career? You know, when you were with two clubs at the time, quite new into the league, and obviously looking to to make the same kind of move up the divisions as as Ross County had done um, in your career previously. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I was enjoying playing Scottish League football. Um, you know, the, the Elgin experience was was a strange one. Um, you know, we, Brian Irvin was the manager at the time and we we struggled. Um, we, um, we had a really bad start to, to, to one season in particular. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, Brian lost his job and, and Robbie Williamson came in and gave the club and, and the squad a kind of a bit of a lift and we went on a, a really good run. So I enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, you know, everyone was playing well. And then you know, Pelly got the, the Peter Head job and, and, and signed me and, and I went there. So again, it was another step up for me and I was really enjoying my time at Peter Head. But, you know, just logistically, it was just an absolute nightmare for me. I was working in Inverness and you're finishing your job on a Tuesday Early, you're driving to Peterhead to, to train a Tuesday night. You're getting back at kind of one in the morning. You're getting up for work on the Wednesday. Um, and then you were doing the same on the Saturday. So I did it for about six months and I, I could see it was starting to impact my performances. Um, just the, the traveling, you're doing it by yourself as well, which didn't make it um, didn't make it easy. So um, after kind of six months, we, we, we agreed that it just wasn't working out. So I ended up going back to Elgin and, and, and that was good for me. Um, just, you know, not having to go through the logistical nightmare just to get get to, to training, and I guess that's 
that's something that a lot of part-time players do and, and, and not a lot of you know, people are, are fully aware of it. And it happens even now that the, the lengths that players will go to and travel to just to, to play football, it's quite quite incredible. Um, you know, we've got John Pickles that does it week in and week out from, from Orkney, albeit it doesn't come to train during the week, but on a Saturday, it's a, it's a phenomenal commitment from him. And he's been doing that for, for three years now, you know. Obviously, we mentioned there that you played twice for Steve Patterson. You're, you're now a manager yourself, so you you know the job. But what what is the what was the magic of Pele as a boss? I think I think with Pele, it was he just you know he gave players that that freedom to go and express themselves. Um, you know, managers have all got different different styles. His style was 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 very very laid back. Uh, if, 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 you've, if you've met him, you'll you'll understand what I mean. Um, not not to the point where, where where players would take liberty from that, but he just gave them the freedom to go and play, and that was just his style. Um, and I think you know, like at Cali, it worked phenomenally well for him. I think he had a incredible squad as well, and an incredible um, number of players that, that were together, a very very strong team, and, and brought a lot of success to the club. Um, at Forest, it probably didn't quite work. Um, I think you go down to a high-end league level and if you give players complete freedom, then um, it can take it to extremes, just in relation to even preparation for a game and things like that. But I think that's what the that's the real kind of magic of, of Pele was that he was he'd give players the freedom to go and express themselves and he would never um, be, be on, on your back to the point where you know, some managers can be really quite critical and players then play with a little bit element of fear um, but he certainly didn't do that Okay, I'm going to ask you a question that's maybe impossible to answer but we'll, we'll give it a go So, Ross County are a team that have obviously come up and established themselves in the Scottish League right at the top of it you also played for Elgin and Peterhead Why do you think that those two clubs have come into the Scottish League and sort of you know, not been able to take those, those big strides forward? I think, you know, to start with Ross County, they've got an owner that was, you know, completely fixated, and 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 his ultimate goal was to get Ross County into the Scot- Scottish Premier League. And you know, Roy made no, um, you know, bones about it. He didn't hide the fact that he wanted Ross County to be a Premier League club. Um, you know, he's a very successful businessman, and and he's been able to support the club financially throughout that journey. So any club that has that facility available to them will have an advantage. Doesn't mean it's a given. Um, but you know, Roy was very determined to get that club into um, into the Premier League, and, and I think you know that we almost take it as a, you know for granted that, that both Cali and County have done it. But it's it's an, it's an unreal achievement when you look at it where the clubs have came from. Um, I think you know with Cali they just had um, you know a, a period of of kind of five or six years where they had an incredible squad and just. That, you know, through Pele and through other managers, recruited really, really well. Um, they didn't have the, the same kind of financial backing as, as as Ross County, but they just had an excellent kind of recruitment policy. Um, they brought in the right types of players, the right characters, and it was those characters and those players that got them in the Premier League. Um, I think Peterhead have, 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 have been unlucky. I, I remember a season back, I think it was kind of 2005, 2006, where they got to the playoffs. In, in League One against Park Thistle and I'm sure they lost out in penalties had they won that they would have gone into the Championship 
Um, they were talking about potentially going full time, so you know, who did, who knows what would have happened. Um, and, and, and Elgin, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that they've not gone a bit further. You know, they've they've never really threatened. To be honest with you, there's a couple of times where they've flirted with the playoffs. Um, and I think for both those clubs, it just comes down to finances. You know, is the is the desire and the hunger of the club strong enough to 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 really want to push it? And if you really want to do it, then there's a a financial burden that clubs need to carry and, and you can do it in, in almost the wrong way. I mean, you, you kind of saw what unfolded with Gretna when they you know, just threw everything they had money-wise at it and, and the outcome was they got to the Premier League but then you've got that level of trying to sustain it which which becomes difficult. So I think Elgin and Peterhead you know, are obviously happy with where they are in, in the divisions. Um, you know, I'm not too sure what their balance sheet looks like but I'm sure they're, they're doing okay and they're not losing an awful lot of money. Um, but I do generally think that if you, you do want to get in the championship and you do want to get in the Premier League, then the financial equipment is, is astronomical. You touched on your spell at Forest, but you um, you then went on to, to have a you know sustained period in the Highland League, which began with your move to Nairn in 2009. Um, I mean, that was a, a cracking team that you were part of there. Um, you know, did you did you feel as if that was a side that was you know capable of winning the the, the title at the time? I always felt with Nairn that, that we were a very, very good, you know, footballing side, attractive on the eye, especially at home on that beautiful surface. Um, but, but I also felt that we were just probably a couple of players short of really challenging. Um, I think when we played against 85%, 90% in the Highland League, we would always fancy our chances. And, and, and typically we would do well in those games. But whenever it came to the big games, you know, the games where the margins for errors are, are very, very small and you're needing that special player to do something or equally you're needing that you know, defence to really hold tight and against some sustained pressure. I always felt that we struggled a little bit um, and you could see that in our results. Whenever we played the big teams, we'd very, very seldom win those games. Um, and I think there's one season in particular we finished, I think it was fourth, uh, maybe third. And, you know, we felt that the following season was, was probably the best opportunity to to sign a couple of players and really challenge. Um, but at that time, I was I was out of contract and, and decided to to make the move to, to Brora, um, even though Brora finished second bottom that season. Um, I just felt that, you know, speaking to the club and, and speaking to the people involved at Brora, Ben McKay in particular, what he was trying to do with, with Brora Rangers, I always felt that, you know, it, it might have on paper looked like a step backwards, but perhaps it was initially, but I always felt that if I'd, the best opportunity of winning the Highland League. It wasn't with Nairn, it was with Brora. Yeah, the ambition at Brora was was very plain to see, but uh, I suppose in your first season there, I seem to remember it didn't all go too well. Um, I think it was maybe 12 months in before you were up sort of challenging for the, the title, which you then went on to win in back-to-back seasons under Davy Kirkwood in 2014 and 2015. But, uh, you know, was it a bit of an adjustment for the club to make with so many new faces all coming in at the at the same time? Yeah, the, 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 first, the first season was was, was horrendous <laughs> because we we'd, we'd made this kind of move from 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 Nairn, uh, who were had finished third and, and were really looking to challenge. We joined a team that had just shipped 119 goals at the previous season, and um, you know I I signed David Hind, Dale Gillespie from Nairn. We got Richie Hart, and all the all the euphoria started to build, and before you know it. Um, Dave Edwards was tipping us to win the Highland League out of, no, out of nowhere. So we went from second bottom to league favourites. Um, and we went to Forest the first 
the first game of the season and they had kind of unfurled the, the flag from, from winning the season prior. Um, and we beat them 2-1 and everyone's like, oh my God, we're going to win this league. You know, this is this is incredible. And then we just went on this horrendous <laughs> run um, and we really struggled. Um, but we, we, there was no way we were going to win the league. Um, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd signed some good players, but there was still a lot of the squad that was quite weak. And I think we ended up finishing eighth that season. Um, which which was tough because I remember we went back to Nern and, and thumped us. I think it was five or six nil, um, and that was just a horrible, horrible feeling. And I actually got to the point and I thought, you know, have I made the mistake? You know, have I taken a gamble here and it's just not going to pay off? Um, but I remember speaking to, to Ben after the game and we were both kind of distraught. And he said that you know that result will never happen again. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do what we can to. To make sure that we we win this um, win this season next season and uh, true to his word we, we did that and we signed some we signed some massive players in in, in fairness Joe Marlin, Gavin Morrison, you know, Grant Monroe, Ross Tokley. Um, we had a phenomenal side. That's that, that's a Scottish league side that was competing in the Highland League. Um, so yeah, that was a really enjoyable following season. Yeah, and um, obviously a great deal of personal pride in you know getting that that Highland League title, and um, obviously to then repeat the feat by by doing it, you know, two two years on the bounce. Um, you know, just how how fondly do you look back on on that you know couple of years at Brora um, in terms of you know just where it stands in relation to your career? Yeah, it's definitely the most enjoyable two seasons of of my career, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, I just enjoyed playing in a, in a really, really strong side. Um, you know, we talked about Ganti and Tokes and, and Joe and um, Scott Houston, who, who came from Mudevord and was phenomenal for us for those two seasons. We just we were just so strong and, and our belief was, was through the roof. And we were never, you know, arrogant um, going into games, but we just had so much confidence that we were going to win games. And, and, and we knew that, Teams would really struggle to score against us, um, and and more often than not, we'd keep clean sheets. And I was just like so fortunate. I had Andrew Gregg to one side and, and Zander to the other side of me, and they were just feeding me chance after chance after chance. So I couldn't wait for the games to come. Uh, they really couldn't come quick enough, and it was just that momentum that we had. The whole club was just bouncing. Um, the performances were good. Some of the football we played was was, was exceptional, um, and uh, yeah, it was just a, a really great two years uh, in my career one that I'd like to say that I look back on or will look back on fondly at some point obviously there was the the, the initial tilt at the playoffs at that point as well um what were your recollections of that particular run the Montrose game yeah thanks for bringing that up <laughs> <laughs> um it was just oh, it was just the weirdest uh, game because we, we we played them in Broda and we actually we, we again our confidence was so high we we genuinely believed that we'd beat them and we beat them one nil in Broda and and in, 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 in reality we should have beat them by more and I remember I missed a, a really good chance towards the end I'm sure Zander missed a chance as well and I remember coming out after the game thinking you know like we've let them off the hook there it should actually have been a two nil or a three nil defeat for them um, and then we went down to the game at, at Lynx Park. The, the following Saturday, and we we had a, a lot of players that that, that were out, um, injured, um, were were not available, and it was the biggest game in the club's history. 
that that day, and we were travelling down to it with our weakest squad. Um, you know, we had so many players. I think we had three or four players out. We actually had to draft in Stuart Kettwell, who'd been injured for the last kind of two to three months with a really bad knee. And he wasn't fit. He wasn't ready to come back. We he had to play, and he played right back. So we kind of cobbled together this this team to play in this game, this massive game for us. Um, and we went one 0 down, which 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 made it one all overall. Um, in in the kind of the playoff tie, and um, I remember um, Colin McRae scored a scored a header um, to, to to make it one all in, in the day, and like the lift that it gave everyone because it was a long season we played up to that point, and and most players had played it pretty much every game, and I personally feel quite felt quite drained and. I think most of the boys were feeling it, but that goal just gave us a massive lift, and my adrenaline was just through the roof at that point. Um, and I'd been booked in in the game for for a dive, and to this day I still think it was a penalty. So I was on a yellow card, and their right backs picked up the ball, and I just ran to press them, and let's say that you know it's one all. I think we're going to go up, we're going to get promoted. I'm just absolutely flying, and I and I, and I sprint over to to press them, and I've just totally mistimed the challenge. It, it, it was, a, it was a shocking tackle, actually. It would have been a straight red, but I'd already been booted, so it was, a, it was a second yellow and, you know, a red card. And I just I couldn't believe it. It was like 15 minutes to go, and I was just absolutely distraught, thinking I've, you know, I've cost the club the opportunity to go into the Scottish League. I remember I didn't even go into the changing rooms. I went into the stand and sat in with the Montrose fans. I was getting absolute pelters. Um, but I just remember sitting there saying, I, you know, I need to see this. I want to just make sure that, that the boys try and hang on. But... They just couldn't. They were dead in their feet. Montrose puts under so much pressure, and Martin Andrews scored a, a header to make it two one, and then and then Gary Wood scored a, an absolute perler of a of a hit from about thirty yards in the top corner. So, I had a pretty dark day in my career, to be honest. Uh, I was absolutely distraught after the game. Um, just felt like I'd let the whole club down. Um, just you know, a really badly mistimed tackle, um, but. You know, I think looking back, I don't know if the club, you know, the infrastructure of the club, if the squad, if we're ready to go up. Um, I think that's definitely fueling my desire to try and get the club into the Scottish League now for sure. I think that's that's kind of why I brought it up that I was gonna I was gonna ask you whether you felt in hindsight it's maybe a blessing in disguise that the club didn't go up at that particular point, not to make you relive a dark day. Clearly, <laughs> um, I think we've we've basically got through your career then because we've already obviously. T- talked about your spell as a manager at Brora. Um, you've mentioned a few names over the course of this. Who who would you say are the biggest influences you've had during your career? Um, as managers, first of all, the people that have coached you, who do you think had, who, who rubbed off the most? Um, I think, you know, Neil Cooper for, for sure, um, just in terms of, you know, building my character more than anything because you know, Coops was a, he was a, he was a pretty, hard taskmaster you know he was a he was a, a joker and he was a great laugh in and around the club and when we weren't training and when we weren't playing games he was he was high energy high enthusiasm would um would ridicule you at every opportunity but you, you needed that um you know like I said I was a really kind of shy young boy out of Invergordon so he had a massive you know influence on me at, at that point and just in terms of building my character um he was really hard on the young boys when, when we trained. He had high standards, you know, he had an incredible career himself. And 
I actually think looking back that he probably struggled a little bit coming from the level that he was accustomed to to then you know coming to a third division club um, that, that wasn't anywhere near the level where he had personally played. So he was probably expecting a lot of players to do things that he felt were quite natural and quite easy, um, but for players of, of our ability, struggled with. So yeah, he was really, really tough on us, but I think that was that was a good thing. Um, because it, it made us increase our standards and made us um, you know, mentally stronger. Um, because if you weren't mentally strong in that environment, you would you would, you would, you would crumble. So yeah, Neil, Neil Cooper, without a shadow of a doubt, a massive impact. I think Alex Smith was probably the next. Um, he gave me the kind of confidence and the belief that I could play week in, week out for, for County. Um, you know, I think I made about 100, 110 appearances for County over the course of my career and most of my starts came from him. Um, you know, he, he played me left back. I never in a million years saw myself as a left back. Uh, I'm sure the county fans probably agree with that statement. Um, just not great at defending, but but good going forward. Um, so, yeah, he had a, a big impact on my career, just to, you know, giving me the confidence and the belief that, that I could play, play at that level. In terms of the players that you've played with, played against, um, First of all, who 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 have been your most challenging opponents over the course of your career? Um, I was asked this question um, a few months ago, and I think I I went back to kind of you know where have I played football the most, and it's, and it's been the Highland League, and uh, I think in terms of duels and and, and toughest opponents, it was probably Eric Watson at Cove. He was an absolute nightmare <laughs> to play against. Could have predicted a that dirty bugger. Um, but I liked it and enjoyed that because I knew what I was going to get from him. I knew that he was, I would need to be at the top of my game if I was going to get anything out of him. Um, and we had some really good battles. Um, I think even back in my county days, I think uh, the toughest opponent was, I remember playing left back against um, Falkirk and Russell Latap, he was, was playing for them. And um, he absolutely destroyed me, like turned me inside out. It was embarrassing. Um, I think he tormented me for about 65 minutes and I think Alex Smith just had enough and he uh, he hooked me and that's actually the first time I was delighted <laughs> delighted to get hooked um, so I uh, but in terms of Highland League opponents I definitely definitely yeah, I'm sure Okay now the opposite side of the coin who who are the best players you've played with who've helped you the most um, I think the best player that, that I played with um, it's, it's probably it's not probably it's, it's definitely it's Don Carey um, at, at Ross County just for everything that, that, that he had in his in his locker you know, technically but also his mentality as well um, you know, there's, there's not the Highland kind of area has had a lot of you know really talented players um, you know, out with out with Don and, and Ryan Christie and, and a few others, not many have gone on and, and, and had you know the, the careers that, that they've had. So um, he was an exceptional player technically, but I think the mentality that, that he has and his discipline, his professionalism, his attitude, and, and everything that's coupled together, um, yeah, for for, for me, um, definitely the the best kind of all all round player, not just technically, but also for his for his attitude and his, his mentality. I'll let Andy take us out with the final question. 
I, I suppose just um, just to wrap up, really, Stephen. You know, touching on those early memories at Ross County. Um, you know, you were part of a side that was, you know, making its mark on the, uh, you know, the national leagues, um, and obviously went on to, to you know, achieve great success. Is that something that, you know, fuels that that ambition that you have to to try and make your your mark on the the SPFL with Brora, given the you know the club's ambition to to sort of move up the levels? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the, my Ross County career is something that I look back on fondly, but th- there's an element of kind of regret in there. I know people obviously should never have regrets, but I think it, at times if, if, you, if you've got a regret, then acknowledge it, but then try and do something to rectify it. So I can't go back and change my Ross County career and, and, and develop a, a better attitude that I should have had back then. But what I can do is try and influence now. And, and all I can influence now is, is, is Brora Rangers and try and make them as, as successful as possible and, and try and make the, the players that I have in my squad as successful as possible and, and try and almost pass on the knowledge that I've picked up along the way. So I think, you know, the Ross County experience was was, was amazing. Um tinged with with an element of regret but I use that as, as kind of as a positive um, to kind of fuel the, the desire to try and be successful at Brora. Going to play a hospital pass here do you think that Brora can go as high in the Scottish leagues as Ross County have? <laughs> ben McKay would need to have uh, deeper pockets if that was the case <laughs> <laughs> I think if we're if if we're if we're, okay, yeah well I, I'm I'm a I'm a big dreamer and, and I would uh, love for that to happen but um, I think logistically I think financially it's um, it's it's never going to happen but um, I think if we can get Broda into the into the Scottish League um, I think the squad as it stands now could 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 definitely compete in League Two and be and be there challenging so um, you know who knows. What could happen if, if if we got there? I keep saying last question, but do you think it's important for a league that is called the Scottish League that there are teams as far north as Brora involved, and it doesn't just become a league or doesn't just stay a league with teams south of Inverness? Well, Dingwall. Yeah, absolutely. I think if if there's teams that have got that desire to compete at that level and they've got a team on the on the park that compete at that level, then then, then why not? It should be opened up to everyone. Um, County and Cali have been, you know, exceptional examples of that. And now, and now Cove and, and even and even Peterhead, um, I, th- I think, you know, with Elgin that they're a sleeping giant. I think probably a lot of people have been seeing that for for many years now. But just in terms of their, their location and where they could potentially recruit players from their catchment area under fan base, um, it'd be good to see them progress through the leagues. Um, but no, I, I think it, if, if if there's a team that's got the the desire to be at that level and they've got a, a, a squad on the part that compete then, then absolutely it should be open up to everyone Okay, well thank you very much Stephen for spending time for us to let the listeners know it is a Sunday night so thank you No problem guys, thanks for having me Thanks very much Stephen Yeah, Aye, that was great Much appreciated Andy for your participation also Thanks very much, pleasure Anyway, if you've enjoyed this episode of Northern Goal you can like and subscribe on your favourite podcast app you can email us at northerngoal at dctmedia.co.uk And finally, enjoy the Brora Hearts game when it comes around. Cheers. Hope you loved the episode. And if you did, we'd be grateful if you could leave us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. 
And don't forget to pick up your copies of the Press and Journal and Evening Express every day for the best football writing and analysis in the North.